attacks on civilians, wherever they happen, they should be condemned, period. Whether they are in Israel or they are in Gaza or they are in Ukraine, attacks on civilians are unacceptable and deliberate attacks on civilians are unacceptable. And so we do need to be very clear about this message. Hello and welcome to Reactive's Beyond the Byline podcast. I am Evgiori, and this week we're talking about EU's division and the bloc's approach and messaging to the Hamas-Israeli war. The differences remain, but is there a change of tone? EU leaders held a virtual conference on Tuesday, 17th of October, to decide their common stance regarding the Hamas-Israeli war. After days of mixed messages, the Union's leaders decided to get together and come up with a common strategy in an attempt for the bloc to be treated as a major geopolitical player in its own right. All this while more than 4,500 people from both sides have lost their lives and despair is in the air for both Palestinian and Israeli civilians. There was a widespread and repeated condemnation of Hamas' horrific 7th October assault on Israeli civilians near Gaza. The disarray has exposed old visions within the EU on the Middle East and underscored the severe limits of its influence in the region. And the division within the Union reached to the point where EU officials have sent mixed messages about sending aid to the Palestinians. The bloc is their biggest aid donor and provides around 10% of the Palestinian Authority's budget, but it has very little leverage over Israel. It's true that uh, in terms of communication, uh, the EU wasn't uh, successful uh, over the Palestine funding issue. Georgi Gotev is your active senior editor. The Palestinian Authority is widely considered as corrupt. And of course, uh, the EU taxpayers' money should not end up in the pockets of uh, corrupt leaders. But at the same time, there are many NGOs who do a great job uh, providing food, medicines and attending to the basic uh, needs of uh, the civilian population, saving the lives of uh, many children. Uh, Clearly, uh, EU funding for uh, such organizations uh, should uh, not be discontinued. Uh, To the contrary, Uh, let's not forget that the EU is the biggest donor for the Palestinians and in the absence of this aid, uh, the humanitarian situation, which is already bad, would be uh, much worse. But as you say, uh, some EU countries such as Germany and Austria are keener to follow the Israeli line and to cut aid so that, uh, as they say, there would be no return to business as usual after um, the attacks. At the same time, there are countries such as Luxembourg, uh, which are vocal as to avoiding um, humanitarian catastrophe in Gaza. And this is one of the reasons why the EU called uh, an extraordinary summit uh, online to come up with uh, common positions how to move forward. So what was discussed and what was decided during the virtual meeting of EU leaders? The key messages uh, was somehow a reiteration of what they had said already on the 15th of October when uh, when the leaders sort of put out the common position on, on the situation. Ricardo Borges de Castro is Associate Director and Head of the Europe in the World program at the European Policy Center. I mean, it was mostly to condemn, again, uh, Hamas uh, for the uh, terrorist attacks, also to express full solidarity um, uh, with Israel and the right to defend itself in line uh, with humanitarian law. But of course, also the, the, the element of, um, you know, ensure that uh, civilians in Gaza have access to humanitarian assistance. And I think there was also a lot of discussion about 
uh, you know, the, the regional dimension and potential implications, second and third order implications in the case the conflict because the, the conflict um, sort of escalates, becomes regional, think issues of migration, and also then a look into um, European societies and what might be the consequences of this for um, you know our societies, where uh, you know this uh, you know the Israeli-Palestinian conflict is a very very sensitive uh, issue. I mean, it's one of the most difficult foreign policy issues that that uh, the EU and any other um, sort of leader needs to deal with. And so I think that was also the consideration of that. And but then I believe it was trying to find finally a common line that all leaders can 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 use and and, and abide by. On the same day, 17th of October, while EU leaders were deciding their common approach towards the Hamas-Israeli war, Gaza's Al-Akhli hospital was attacked and more than 500 people died. The attack was characterized as unprecedented in scale by Richard Peppercorn, WHO representative for the West Bank and Gaza. EU Council President Charles Michel said that an attack on civilian infrastructure would clearly be not in line with international law. And there is an emphasis that Israel has to comply with international humanitarian law, which prohibits collective punishment of populations, targeting of civilians and disproportionate actions. I'm not an expert on international humanitarian law. So uh, in terms of the legal sort of avenues of what would follow from something like this, what I would say is that an attack um, on civilians, as all leaders have, have also been saying, this is unacceptable. Israeli civilians or Palestinian civilians, this is not acceptable. Uh, what I think is that this attack, whether it was a, an accident or a misfired missile or an intent, I mean, if it was an intent attack, this is very serious and, and, and really a clear violation of, of international law. Even if uh, this is not the case, the consequences of, of this is that it just makes the case for Israel much more difficult. Uh, public opinion, as we have seen, has been from the 7th of October, which was very supportive and, and people were in shock about what had happened uh, there. Very supportive of Israel. I think this there's been on a downward uh, trend and I believe the consequence might be really an escalation of this conflict. Public opinions are very likely to be shocked by the images that we will continue seeing uh, over the next uh, few days. This can also be instrumentalized by others that will want just to create more uh, more, more um, uh, instability uh, in the region. And I think it's also very important to say that, I mean, Hamas is really responsible also for defending and protecting uh, civilians in, um, in Gaza. So I think this is this message, I don't think it comes out as clearly. In the meantime, Gaza is besieged with its civilians not having access to water, medication, food and electricity something that has raised concerns internationally. And now EU countries, officials and lawmakers have differed in their reaction to Israel's retaliatory military action against Gaza. The bloc's foreign policy chief, Joseph Borrell, said on Wednesday, 18th of October, that suspending the water supply to a community under siege is contrary to international law, and we cannot accept that. That was the EU's position when it came to Ukraine, where Russian forces besieged communities and cut off water, and it should be the same when it comes to Gaza, he added. And if we are unable to say so for both places, we lack the moral authority necessary to make our voices heard, he specified. It's a basic human right that people have water to drink. Attacks on civilians, wherever they happen, they should be condemned, period. I think it's as simple as that. Whether they are in Israel or they are in, um, in, uh, in, in Gaza or they are in Ukraine, you know, attacks on civilians are unacceptable. Uh, and deliberate attacks on civilians are unacceptable. And so we do need to be very clear about this message. 
Now, the main point of contention for many EU member states has been perceptions that European Commissioner President Ursula von der Leyen has overstepped her remit with her unflinching backing of Israel. According to critics, von der Leyen should have declared that the EU expects Israel to abide by international humanitarian law in its response to the attack, as other EU leaders did. Clearly, von der Leyen is positioning herself as a hawk, uh, beat in the context of the war in Ukraine, and uh, also in the follow-up uh, of the Hamas uh, terrorist attack on Israel on 7 October. Uh, critics uh, say she is uh, one-sided and that she is uh, parroting uh, the US uh, line. Critics uh, also say that by parroting the Americans, uh, she is not allowing the EU to have a voice uh, of its own. But it looks like the EU foreign policy chief, uh, Joseph Borrell, uh, is not on the same page as uh, von der Leyen and that his vision is not uh, black and white. But I think the world is confused by the multitude of leaders representing the EU, the Commission chief, the Council chief, the Parliament chief, the EU foreign affairs chief. Uh, moreover, the member states like uh, to raise their profile by making comments which sometimes are at loggerheads with the EU line, if there is such a thing. And in some countries, there are important Muslim communities, and this brings uh, specific uh, accents in the national debates. Very unfortunately, there was a lot of foreign policy freelancing last week, uh, not only from uh, Mrs. von der Leyen, but I think from everybody. So there was not really a clear line. Member states were saying thing, uh, some things. Uh, EU leaders were saying uh, different things. So I, I believe that this was really not a good week uh, for, for, for um, EU uh, foreign policy as, as a whole. Uh, and, and I believe that it's very important that the you know, leaders um, uh, met and that they have now a, a common position that they need to follow. Very honestly, I don't believe that Mrs. von der Leyen needs a, a mandate to engage um, in relationships with, with third countries. I mean, otherwise she wouldn't be able to do her job. Uh, what I believe is that she does need to follow the line that the European Union has on, on this particular issue, which is, as we have said, very sensitive um, uh, conflict where there are also many passions uh, about it. There are many different opinions um, uh, you know, across the EU, not only uh, between uh, member states, but even within member states. So this is, this is one of the most contentious uh, foreign policy issues. And so I believe that the message that needs to go out, there is a condemnation on, on a terrorist attack. There is uh, the right of Israel to defend itself uh, following uh, international law. There is also the need to protect civilians uh, in Gaza to allow humanitarian aid uh, to, 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 go, to go in. Because in what we see is that if we don't follow these steps, now the Jordan, uh, Jordan canceled the meeting that President Biden was going to have uh, in the region. So there's all of these consequences that just make this conflict even more difficult um, to deal with. The position of the EU needs now, I hope, that European leaders are able to stay the line to, to be consistent and coherent and coordinated in the comments and in the way that they approach this problem and, and actually try to, to address also the root causes of this and, and try to, to move in the direction of peace. Is it too late to seek for a diplomatic solution to this war? It's never too late to seek diplomatic solutions to problems. Otherwise, we just give up. And I don't think that that should be the position of the EU. I think the EU needs to 
to now that it, it is sort of back more to, to a unified position uh, whereby it is really sending clear messages to both sides uh, of, 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 this, of this conflict. I think it is, again, the moment, as I also argued, to relaunch the, the Middle East uh, peace process because the last thing that Europeans need now is also a regional um, uh, conflict um, uh, in, in the Middle East, very close to our, you know, to, to us as well. We are already dealing um, with Russia's aggression on Ukraine, which we cannot uh, also be distracted from that. So this can, I mean, we are living in one of the most delicate uh, geopolitical moments, uh, I think, of European uh, history. And I think everybody needs to also to calm down, be very, uh, re- you know, reasonable and 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 con- considerate in the comments and in the in the assessment of the situation that we are living in. The EU and other players may try their luck in search of a diplomatic solution. Uh, however, there are more pressing issues now, such as avoiding a dangerous uh, spillover, which would transform the current war into a civilizational conflict. Uh, there is also the goal of protecting our societies from terrorism. And there is the goal of avoiding a humanitarian uh, catastrophe in Gaza. Now, the current situation is that more than 1.1 million Palestinians have to abandon their homes in Gaza. Where are these people going? If we look at the map, it's clear that the citizens of Gaza can escape only to Egypt. But Egypt made it clear that it will not open its border for such an exodus. We are speaking of uh, the evacuation of 1.1 million people from the densely populated north of the Gaza Strip to the less populated southern part of the same Gaza Strip. Uh, So we are not speaking about uh, the exodus to another country. Uh, By the way, many of uh, uh, these uh, citizens of Gaza have already moved by their own means, and they will need massive uh, humanitarian assistance. Uh, This assistance can arrive from the territory of Egypt. Apparently, there should be no obstacle with that. Uh, and the UN should definitely play a role. But let me mention that at least 11 UN staff uh, members in Gaza have already been killed as collateral damage following uh, Israeli airstrikes. Probably the UN Security Council must decide a bigger effort to support uh, this internally displaced population, but uh, the UN personnel cannot carry unreasonable risk. We are facing another humanitarian crisis. So what can the West do to support these people? All leaders, not only in Europe, but leaders in the region also need to live up to their responsibilities. And globally, leaders need to live up to their responsibilities. Protecting civilians is an obligation. And and I believe also from Hamas, I I repeat that. I mean, Hamas has the obligation to to defend the citizens of, uh, you know, the the Palestinians uh, in the Gaza Strip. So I think this is a, a... a regional, a global responsibility. It is, of course, what is really important to do is that there is given access, immediately access to humanitarian aid into the territory. This is the second war at the gates of uh, Europe after Putin invaded Ukraine in February 2022. If one thing is clear about these two wars, it's that both are likely to last. And uh, In the case of the war in Ukraine, the EU and NATO are clearly siding with the aggressed country against the aggressor. In the case of the war between Israel and Hamas, clearly Hamas are terrorists, but the plight of Palestinians cannot be ignored. 
it's the, in the interest of the EU, but also for the Palestinians and even for Israel to achieve a two-state uh, solution and long-lasting peace between uh, Israel and the Palestinians. Thank you very much. I am Evgiori, and this was your Active's Beyond the Byline podcast. Visit your Active to stay on top of the latest news, sign up to our podcast newsletter, and if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, you can do so on your favorite podcasting app. Thank you for tuning in, and until next week. <laughs>